Hey y'all, welcome back to Feed Me Your Construction Content. I'm Carolyn McMahon. Hey, and I'm Joshua McMahon. It's good to be back. Glad to have you, boo. <laughs> it's good to be had. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know, I was thinking a lot this week about what are we going to talk about on this episode? I think we did a really good job with the change order episode. Got the subs talking, internal staff talking about it, other builders talking about it. That's really what we wanted to do with that podcast was say, hey, let's stop hiding from it. This is real stuff. We've got to accept it. We've got to lean into it and figure out a way to make this part of our process. So what are we going to talk about this week? I thought a lot about it. And I thought about it in terms of walking a couple jobs this week, seeing some things, sending a couple texts, asking some questions. And it just made me think about the different people that walk projects that are under construction. And what the heck is going through their head? How do they manage things? How does a Say a superintendent walked the job. How does the design manager walk the job? The sales agent, the realtor, like all these different pieces. And I just wanted to take and just maybe talk through some of those examples and some of those good and bad examples of how people walk the job and how it disrupted the job. And maybe what we could do different. What I would do different. <laughs> Is get out of your truck. <laughs> hey that that's another podcast <laughs> which we got great feedback on I'd that right. comment you know you know we've, we've touched on that a couple of times and listen i am just joking to those superintendents who get out of their job get out of their trucks religiously and walk it you know it's all in good fun it is all in good fun and if you are sitting in your truck listening to this podcast take two seconds give us a five-star review drop some comments in there we love the love <laughs> all right seriously you know, the big thing is job superintendents, they're walking their jobs at least once a day. If you're in a community, you're probably walking a house two to three times a day, depending on what's going on in your job site. What is the intention of your walk as a superintendent? What are you thinking about as you walk in and out of homes? And I like to say walk because as you're walking, you're seeing things that you will not see if you're driving around. As I'm walking from house to house, I see the exterior, I see the siding, I see Mrs. Jones walking out, I see the way that she's interacting with the home she's purchased, and it might trigger something in my mind that I wouldn't have thought about otherwise. But now that I see her using the home, I'm like, that column placement was really stupid. We should reconsider how we're putting the column on the front of the house to to carry the, the roof load or whatever it is that we're carrying. It's the simple little things that we take for granted when we're driving around or when we're in our own bubble. But when we're walking and we're intentional about looking at how the structure plays, how it works, you will learn so much from that exercise. How often does the sales agent walk homes under construction? If you're in a community, how often, if you're a sales agent, how often do you get out and walk your homes? Because you know what, what you sold, you know what you did. And this is why I love sales agents walking homes. You know what the product is. You understand the customer. You understand expectations. You can take pictures. You can share those pictures in your weekly update. You can surprise them on a Wednesday and send them a picture, just a text, just saying, hey, I'm just walking your house. And man, this tile backsplash looks amazing. I mean, just uplifts our customers, right? It's going that extra mile, which is what we need to do more of. Yeah, I mean, I, I dig it. From my experience, it's most often sales agents are pissed because of the, the house is trashed. Oh, that that is that's a real problem. <laughs> I mean, it's constantly a real problem, and, and everybody says, "Well, just everybody clean up their trash." Look, it's a never-ending battle. You've got to continually say it every single time you come in and out of a home. Thank you for working on my house. Please clean up when you're done. Well, right, because that buyer, you know, whether they've closed on the home or not, it's still their home to them. 
Yes. And, and you know, it's a level of respect. I mean, our, our buddy Brad Hobart put a little note out there, a little kind of ask Facebook recently about, about trash, right? Like, mm-hmm. who needs to pay for trash? Pick mm. up, visits. Is it the builder? So does the builder pay for everyone else's trash? Mm-hmm. Is it the vendor themselves? Etc. And I mean, I kind of figured if I made the trash, I need to clean it up. But some folks don't feel that way. I think it's the price of doing business. You're doing business. You should clean up your trash. You should not be looking for somebody else to clean up your trash after you. And I think if it's something that you stand firmly on, you should charge for that and put it in your bid and hope that you continue to get work from that builder. Well, sure. And, you know, often if you're walking into a dirty house, that's what you're focused on. Then mm. you're pissed, right? Then you're looking at everything else. What else is wrong? You know, Absolutely so right. It's almost smoke and mirrors. If your house is, you know, clean as a pen, you know, then you're maybe not going the distance to find other issues. But anyway. It's perception. If if I perceive that the home is really well built because it's clean, it's orderly, I can walk through, everything looks right, it's right. It doesn't matter that something could be wrong. The wall's falling down, the cabinets are crooked. I don't see that. What I see is what's in front of my face. And if you can if you can set that expectation by just having your house clean, it just goes a long way with people. All right. So we talked about the, you know, the started with the superintendent walking yeah. and then sales agent walking. Hopefully they're walking um, the job just to make sure, you know, like you said, that, that we're delivering, you know, mm-hmm. their contract options. And I think that that's important. But who else walks the job outside of, of those folks? Production managers. Senior project managers, directors of construction, vice presidents of construction, your presidents, right? It's it's a wide variety of people. And everybody within the business should be walking their homes every now and again. Purchasing should get out and walk homes and understand what am I buying and make sure that what I'm buying makes sense for the field staff. Or do spot checks, right? Lumber counts. Yes, the spot checks is exactly right. I trust, but I'm going to verify. I just want to double check what I'm what I think is going on. I want to verify that that's what's actually going on, and and that's that's an important walk. You know, it's funny. I I, I find that uh, the higher level folks, I, I don't hear about them coming out. You know, Monday through Friday, I hear them coming out on weekends and being sneaky. Oh, those are my favorite. <laughs> I I think you know what? That's the tornado manager. You know, you know, your your phone is being, you know, <laughs> you're going to burn it down to the ground. They're they're on their phones. They're texting everybody on a weekend when you're off. And you're like, oh, my God, what's happening? <laughs> oh. it, it is your your VP, your owner, your whatever. They're on the job site and they're looking to kill somebody. <laughs> and they're lighting people up. Text <laughs> messages are flying. Emails, pictures. Right. That's the that's the manager. That comes out to the job, touches down, disrupts everything that's going on. No, no interest in what's going on or what the context is or what got us to this position. Just it's all wrong, blows everything up, gets everybody riled up. And then just like a tornado, they come in unannounced and then they disappear and they're gone. Gone in an instant. (laughs) (laughs) Wreaking havoc and chaos. We actually had one of these managers and. He would come out to a job site and people would start to communicate when he left the office. They're like, hey, I think he's coming to this job. And then everybody would start to talk to each other to make sure they knew, <laughs> uh oh, he's coming to my job. And you did everything you could to make sure you're prepared because when he got there, he wanted to make sure everybody knew I'm in charge. I'm the boss. The employees were always scared when he got out there. What he created was a culture of no improvement, 
people not speaking up to say, we can do this better. This is an opportunity here because they were scared. So instead of creating a culture of inclusiveness and accountability and how do we get everybody on the same page and how do we provide a better product for the right price? Everybody was just running scared and we just people were just ducking their heads. And those those type of managers are are scary. You know, it's it's not even limited to construction. I mean, I remember having to, you know, clean my desk and tidy up things. Mm. And if anybody knows me, I uh, operate on kind of an organized chaos system. <laughs> I mean, I know where everything is on my desk. Paul's off. But it would it would appear that I'm not exactly organized. <laughs> but that's just how I operate. And it's funny, we'd always have to, you know, clean up for managers. You know, your 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 store would have to be, you know, super, super clean and tight. And it's just not reality. Right. It's, it's it, again, it's smoke and mirrors to get prepared for this, this false sense of, uh, you know, how how things look on a day to day. And it's 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 really stupid and a waste of time. <laughs> it is. I, I think that's right. I mean, I'm more of a coaching manager. I want to empower my people to do what they think is the most efficient, what they think is the best. And I just want to guide them and and coach them through whatever opportunities they're they're dealing with, you know. Yeah, the big difference between coaching managers and tornado managers, tornado manager is all about ego and attention and wants to make sure everyone knows who he is. And your coaching manager, they're not interested in in the spotlight or the glory. They just want to support and encourage their team and hold everybody accountable and be held accountable to the same standard. They want to improve. And that's um, that's what we're working towards. We touched a little bit on the sales team, and I wanted to circle back on that because I do think your sales team understands that home better than anybody, right? We talked about this earlier this week. If if something says, what's what's a surround for a fireplace? Slate surround. I know what slate is. Most people know what slate is. It's just black. It's Oh, I could say a few things about slate. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get into some other stuff. Marble. Marble. And then what what color marble? What vein is in the marble? What is this? Most superintendents, project managers, and such have no clue what that means. Like Most of us have an idea what the marble versus slate is. So we can say, oh, no, 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 that's slate. It's not supposed to get slate. It's supposed to get this type of marble. But if it's a marble and a marble, it's marble installed, but it's supposed to be this whatever different type of marble. We don't have any clue. This is where the sales team is a real asset to the guys and girls in the field that are building the houses because... As you as, as a salesperson, you understand what that is. You understand exactly what it looks like. You know how it's supposed to go together. And you can help in the moment to say, that's not the right marble surround. Really? You think that the sales agent would know that? Absolutely. I think they know that. Because what did we say <laughs> earlier this season? Know your product. The sales agents know their product. Well, no. Okay. So this is where I'm going to disagree with you, dear. Okay. The sales agent should know the structural options that they sold the buyer. Okay, good. They should know the windows, the detail, the, the, what areas that they've finished, etc. I would disagree that they would know all the finish work. Depends on how many options you have, though, right? Well, sure. But in a case like my business in Boone, there is no standard playbook. Buyer can have anything they want. Mm, uh, good their, point. With you know a few exceptions, of course. But, you know, sky's the limit. And they may not know what it looks like or how it goes together like the design professional. 
Oh, so so you're saying, and you're advocating for the design manager or design team to come out and walk the homes as well. Well, yeah, I mean, I saw, I see some weird shit. And there's no swearing on this podcast. Well, sure there is. It's a construction <laughs> podcast. Oh, okay, that's fair. It is a construction <laughs> podcast. We're all, you know, saints and nuns and priests on, on, on here. That's right. I would lean into the sales team, you know, hopefully knowing the structural options that they're selling in the house. And even if it is a design program that is um, fully in-house, you know, you have levels of stuff. It's it's all there visible. I think that's easier for the sales team to understand what it is. Mm-hmm. But when it goes uh, semi-custom and full custom, I mm. think leaning into your design professionals helps. Yeah. I get questions all the time about what's this supposed to look at. I'm at a job site all the time. And and I enjoy it, especially if I'm trying to get pictures of things that are unique, you know, different selections that are kind of off off normal or off the reservation. Yeah. You know, hopefully they're not pictures of don't do this. <laughs> but, you know, I walked into a job today and I kind of have um, same kind of fear that customer has. Like, I don't really want to say something to the project manager because maybe he already knows that it's, you know, what's going on. <laughs> and But, you know, I walked into a house today and I took, actually, I even took a video. And in my video was what the F is going on <laughs> in here. And, um, <laughs> you know, I saw William on the job. I mean, he knew about it. And for me, I want to know, like, how did this happen? Yeah. And, you know, a- again, I, I think it's... um you know, bad work on top of bad work. That's right. And and that's and that's sad. You know, you you allow someone's previously bad work to kind of dictate how yours looks instead of, you know, pausing and saying, mm. hey, you know, there there there's a problem. This guy had some some two piece crown molding, you know, kind of old school OG under crown yeah. molding. And the tile in this bathroom was going to the ceiling, or i.e. is going to the ceiling crown molding. It started off hitting Uh-oh. the OG on one end, and by the time it got to the third wall, it was like an inch and a half off the ground. Oh, boy. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> did you did you stop and record a video and, and say that's not right so you can post it to your Instagram? <laughs> I mean, I did, I did post a video, and that was like my what the F is going on here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, thankfully, you know, this house was, you know, manned by one of the best project managers I feel is in the business. And, yeah. and, and he knew about it. And it was a trim guy not putting a block in between the crown molding and the OG. And it got a little squirrely. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so he already knew about it. And he, he knew what he was going to do to get that fixed. Yeah, exactly. So that's great. It, it, he already had a plan. But again, I think it's okay to bring that kind of stuff up. It is. And it, it should I'd rather be. it be me, right, than the customer telling you. <laughs> I mean, I I might not always like it in the moment, but I want people to bring that stuff forward because if we continue going down the line, it's only going to cost more money. I mean, sure. We had a customer the other day that um, noticed that her fireplace mantle was wrong. <laughs> Thank God for Karen, who was in her house and, and found it because what happened was the vendor actually looked at the order and was like, Oh crap, I think your fireplace is wrong too. <laughs> oh man. You know, so I was like, thank you so much for telling us. I mean, it takes a village <laughs> to well, build a house. I think that's a big thing. Like we didn't touch on that part, but I think our trades play a big part in these homes as well. They 
oftentimes they have a better knowledge and understanding of what we're building and how things go together than sometimes the people building the house. I know that sounds bad, but really where I'm saying is some of our team is overstretched with building homes right now. So they might miss something or they might catch it and say, I know what to do there. I can catch that tomorrow. But the problem is tomorrow becomes the next day becomes the next day. And then by the time you get back to it, so many things have layered on top of it that the problem just compounds. I think it's important for our trades to to be comfortable speaking up and saying, hey, that that's not right. Or why doesn't the electrician ever clean up after himself? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, electricians. Yes, we pick on you. What's well, too easy? <laughs> Unless you're like Cameron and you have some amazing box contraption <laughs> if, if cameron didn't have that house going in in tennessee i'd be paying for him to move and he'd be our primary electrician <laughs> the work he does is is incredible and he cleans up after himself yes he prides himself i worked with a, a project manager one time he's like no you can't you can't leave an empty box on the job site you know like cultured marble right it's yeah it's a tremendously large and obnoxious box oh, typically yeah. You know, if the dumpster's full or whatever, you leave it in the garage. He's like, that is an invitation. That's exactly for right. folks to just dump all over their trash in it. And guess what? It's got your name on the box. <laughs> and I will make you come back <laughs> and clean it up. I'm like, but that box now weighs 400 pounds. And he's like, I don't give yep. two rips about it. <laughs> it. It's true. If you leave a you leave an open box or empty box, and God forbid if there's an empty bucket with a lid... Leave it alone. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. So the design team, I mean, really can be your advocate looking at things, you know, potentially questioning them. I, like I said, I, I, I catch stuff all the time. Just like last week, there's this cooktop going in. Yep. Like, what's going on? And I think it's okay. It's a necessary. It is. I mean, things things go wrong constantly. This is, this is an imperfect products going together to build. A home for somebody. It's, By imperfect people. And it's not on a factory line. It's not in a controlled environment. It's out in the middle of a a field. <laughs> right? I mean, it's Often. a muddy mess at times. It's it's not easy. And I think the point of this episode was really just to lean on. We're all on the same team. We all have the same goal. And the goal is to provide a home to our consumers that they can live in and raise their family in and feel proud about. We should all have that same sense of pride about what we're doing. And we're home builders specifically, but this goes for commercial spaces too. It's the same difference. Well, I mean, I, I think from top to bottom, you're, you're you're trying to ensure that they got the product that they paid for, they expected, yeah. fair manner. I mean, there's always those little nuances and things like, well, that's natural product. I'm sorry about that veining and that marble, but... You know, God made it. It's natural. <laughs> you're going to have that stuff. But if you're walking the job and you're intentional about your walk and you're looking for those things, you might find something like you said this week about the marble product that's around the fireplace. Yeah, it looks beautiful in the showroom because that thing was perfect. goes right into the showroom. It never sees the light of day. But then the real ones after the customer selects it is completely different than what they saw in the showroom. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, you know, cabinet doors that are in the showroom that have some natural characteristics. And this one door is beautiful. It's got no knots, mm. no splits, no anything. And then you create this expectation of that's what you're going to get. And when you don't deliver it, you look like a liar and you're trying to make excuses for it. Yeah. So, you know, this Marvel saga thing is ongoing. <laughs> <laughs> it has yet to be resolved. 
but it, it, it's tough because you don't want to tell a customer no. Um, but at the same time, if it is a natural product, you, you do have to sometimes stand up. Just like, you know, how many granite countertops, Josh, have you replaced in your lifetime because of veining that a customer didn't like or natural fissures, which are not like cracks all the way through the stone. It's, it's, it's a naturally um, occurring thing. But, you know, we, we do it often. We don't replace it often. Well, because you're an a-hole. <laughs> because I, I I live by the contract. There's documents that are signed that it's a natural product. It veins. these. There's fissures. There was a time where we had one, Fantasy Brown, beautiful stone. Awesome, awesome people. And I said, George, I'm sorry. This is natural. He said, I understand what you're saying. But when... The two pieces of slab that come together deflect, meaning one slab is sitting an eighth inch higher than the other slab, and it's only in the middle. That can't be natural. And I said, you're right. This is going to take me some time, and I'm not making any promises, but give me some time. And a couple months later, we got that slab replaced, ripped it out, put the new one in. No questions asked. But it did take a lot of fighting to, to push everybody because, you're right, we are leaning on the thing, but... The trade ultimately stepped up. They did the right thing. We got the stuff replaced and never sold that stone again because <laughs> we had another one that was the same problem with the same stone. So, uh, But again, you, you learn, right? <laughs> we learned, and, that, and that, was the, that was the advantage that I had a great relationship with the purchasing manager. We were able to say, hey, this is a problem for us in the field. Please, let's get this out of our program. Let's make this change. And that's what we need to happen is superintendents or electricians or plumbers or VPs, whoever's walking the job, when you're seeing something that doesn't seem right, dig into it a little bit more. Don't take it at face value. This could be a problem that's been going on for 10, 20, 30 well, houses, well, years. Well, right. And no one ever says anything. No, we love to bitch about it behind the scenes. Like, oh, man, we're doing this one again. Another another uh, X piece of marble. Here we go again. Right. Yeah. So, you know, back to this, back to this marble. And that was the comment. We get complaints on it every single time. And I was like, well, how do I not know about this? Well, that's and, and that's the unfortunate thing because we have weekly meetings at most builders. That's the time for those things to come up. Yeah. Well, I think the, the sharing, this caring part, I don't know. You guys are so, so tough and so mean and so blah, blah, blah. You don't want to. You don't want to share your knowledge with anybody. Well, look, look it, it starts at the top, though. If the top wants to create a culture of that where you can be vulnerable and it's okay to admit we made a mistake or it's okay to say, I don't think that's right. And we create that that zone where people can do that. You will drastically start improving things. Like right now, the, the home building businesses is searching for ways to cut costs, make our homes more affordable because interest rates are are driving our business and we're we're seeing more and more buyers not interested in moving forward because the home is is x and the interest rates are y and then those two things just don't drive so now i can't afford the house i'm priced out so we're looking for ways to cut costs and and save money but there might be some really easy ways in the field and all you got to do is ask the person in the field like hey mr electrician is there a different way we could pull that wire to to get the same result that we need it Two cents a square foot cheaper. Right. You know, it's, it's basic value engineering. Yeah, absolutely. There might be something that we're doing that seems good, seems like a great value that the customer doesn't even care about. 
Well, we're right. It's it's this perception. We know a builder that does that. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, the the easy target is dormers. Dormers with a window, real window that's in the attic that you can never access. Oh, oh yeah. And you cover the window with a piece of black plastic. Or you spray paint it black. Yes. (laughs) So for customers, they're like, God, I love the way that dormer looks. Is anybody buying your home because of the dormer? Or do they not quite understand that they don't even have access to the damn thing and they're going to spend, what, thousands on it? That's where I think we could be smarter. We could be intentional about that piece. Yeah, you know what? We omitted that dormer because it costs you $1,000. You want me to put it back in? I'm happy to put it back in. Now it's an option. It's $1,000 plus margin. Gladly to put it in. Or how about a useless chimney chase? Chimneys are are great. <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying is next next meeting that you have with your guys, you know, your huddle, you just you give them a nice little hug and a squeeze. That's what I normally do. Right. I, I start every meeting with a group hug. And a little reach around. And then we, no, no reach no, around. Oh, okay. No, no, you can't go too far, right? Because then they start to get a little carried away. You just <laughs> give them a little hug. You uh, You sing a little kumbaya. And then you ask them, hey, what, what problems are you having in the field? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not really interested. Let's go on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> All no. right. So, sorry. Josh doesn't give reach rounds. <laughs> Only- oh, he could give you us an attaboy, though. I do give attaboys. If, if you're... Like professional sports attaboys? Where no, no, no. No good like, games. No good little good games. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> I don't think you could ever do that. <laughs> really? No, I'm definitely not doing it now. <laughs> So anyway, create that safe space. You know, the, the best part of this discussion is I want everybody to go out there and walk the homes. Don't walk the homes just to go out there and yell at your people, though. It's so hard to find people today. It's been hard to find people for years, and we need more people in the business. Stop yelling at them all. Hold them accountable. Push them to be better. There's a difference between holding people accountable and coddling them, right? There's a massive difference. But coach them up. Tell them what they're doing wrong. Give them that environment that they're going to thrive in and help them get better. And let's build better homes. Let's continue to upgrade our business. I love this business. I want this to be around for forever. At least five more years until we can retire. <laughs> well, I hope so. I mean, because, you know, this is the only thing that I know how to do. <laughs> Housewife does not suit me. But the big the big takeaway is we want everybody on board with this. We want trades. We really want the trades. If you're listening, sound off. Let's let's make this better. Because if we have great homes, customers love what they're getting, we're gonna have another home for you to help us build. You make more money. You support your family. It's good for everybody. It is good. And we we love it. So that's our discussion. Really just talking about walking houses, being intentional with it, and leaning on each other and supporting one another. Lean on me. How does that song go? <laughs> that is so bad and so. All right, I'd ask you to mash a five star review, but after that poor rendition of "Lean on Me," I'm I'm going to cut this podcast. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> Adios. See you guys and gals. Yeah.